Thank you. Right. Um, so if you weren't around a few weeks, before, well, just before the summer, um, I've been gently encouraged to sit down because I was making people see, feel slightly seasick in my wobbling from side to side. Um, so I'm not trying to be cool and edgy, I'm just actually doing as I'm told. Um, brilliant. Well, good morning everyone. As Nick said, um, my name is David Bass and with Nicola we have the privilege of leading Life Vineyard Church. And if you're joining us from Marley Hill um, in person, then we're really thrilled that you can be with us there. If you're online watching either now or into the future, then um, again, we're really thrilled that you can be with us. As Nick said, we are celebrating 15 years of this church being in existence. Um, I, I just love the fact that next week is the 12th of September. And I remember that first night when six of us gathered in our front room. Um, back then we lived in Heaton. And we knelt, we prayed, and we consecrated this church to Jesus. In other words, we said, have your way. Your will be done in this church. You are the one that is in control. Fast forward 15 years, and there are now around 340 adults and kids who are connected, who call Life in Yard home. And we've launched new communities. We've been able to buy this incredible building. Um, we have been given Marley Hill Community Centre for 30 years, for free. Um, we have launched Biker Pantry, which is just amazing. Jesus has done so much. So much of the dream that we had is increasingly becoming a reality. Um, a vibrant church, a loving family. What a journey it has been. And as Nick said, next week we'll kind of mix in a little bit of the journey with a bit more of the vision for what, where God is leading us next. Um, but today I want us to look at the vision for this church. Before lockdown, Nicola and I, and with the wider pastoral team, had been working on a way of capturing this, the vision for this church, the dream, in one sentence. How can we both make it simple but inclusive of everything the Lord has said, just in one sentence? And so after much prayer, discussion, um, we landed on this. And this is what we, this kind of captures what this church is all about. We are to practice the way of Jesus together for the renewal of our city. We are to practice the way of Jesus together for the renewal of our city. And so today, um, I'm going to take this sentence and I'm going to break it down into three parts. We're going to look at practicing the way of Jesus together for the renewal of our city. And think about all of those three. So let me quickly pray. Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for um, this church. I thank you for the journey we've been on. I thank you that what started with six people in a front room has grown to become a family, a wide family of such diversity and difference that have seen so much of your kingdom come, both within us as we gather, but also as we are scattered across our region. So bless us, Lord. Envision us, empower us. Help us to see where it is you're leading us in the next 15 years. In your wonderful name, amen. You know, we have lived through, and in fact are still living through, the biggest cultural, relational, financial, emotional, and of course healthcare earthquake our society has experienced, probably since World War II. You know, never has so much changed in such a short period of time. Within the space of a few weeks, 
in March 2020, we went from what is this COVID-19 to stay-at-home orders and a full lockdown. I remember that period of weeks following on. You know, so many questions that were just bubbling in society, so many questions that so many people were asking. You know, and probably are still asking. You know, one question is, will I catch it? Will I be okay? When will I see my family again? You know, my friends again? What about my job, my finances? You know, and for so many were just a really basic question. Can I put food on the table? What about my health? Even when it seemed like silly things like haircuts, thank you, Nicola, um, people couldn't have, have, um, had, couldn't have a haircut. You know, I started to look like this. Okay, no need to laugh, Nicola particularly. Um, anxiety skyrocketed. All our cultural foundations, status, style, success, finance, popularity, image, it kind of crumbled like a house of cards. Can we remember that 18 months ago, how it felt? You know, in those first few weeks, we couldn't even buy stuff. Lou rolls. Anybody remember Lou rolls, or the lack of them, should I say? You know, the foundations of our Western culture have increasingly been built upon were shown to be deeply fragile. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He speaks into this situation and he says this, 1 Corinthians 2. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age, of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, you know, I, I love the message version. It says this. We, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on firm spiritual ground. But it's not popular wisdom, the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date within a year or so. You know, the, in truth, what COVID has done is fast-tracked what was already being revealed throughout our culture. We have seen the rapid rise in the mental health crisis over the last 15 years, which has increasingly led to, I think, some pretty massive questions that people are asking. You know, what does it mean to live a fulfilled and happy life? You know, if money, success, materialism, individualism, image, built around an ever-increasing secularist culture is all that is promised, how come so many people are so anxious and stressed out? If money brings us security, why is it that we never have enough? Why is it child poverty has increased in the last five years in the northeast of England from 24% to 37%. 13% in five years. You know, if image and status is so important, why is it we have such an identity crisis? You know, why is it more people are connected than ever, but yet the church, the, sorry, the UK is the loneliness capital of Europe and our sense of belonging 
was at a record low before we even had the pandemic. I think the wider culture is cottoning on to the fact that foundations society is being built upon are being found wanting and fragile. The pandemic has been an accelerator that has caused so many people, these fragile foundations, to be broken. You know, so many of them that people built their lives upon have been broken. <laughs> and some beyond repair. The last 18 months have, shown, have sown huge seeds of doubt in people's minds that the foundation of our secularist society, that they don't have the answers. Doubt that things so many chase after will actually deliver the utopian life that was promised. In other words, maybe there is a different wisdom we can live our life by. Because in the words of, words of Paul, the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts seems out of date. You know, we are seeing all around us, aren't we? And maybe you're feeling it too. The scrambling to get back to normal. Maybe you feel that kind of frenzied need for normality. You know, it's, it's understandable. We've been living in a strange world for 18 months. You know, for that latte in Starbucks, that meal with friends, that shopping trip, a return to chasing promotion maybe, or the likes on Facebook. But yet I completely believe something has irreversibly shifted in the hearts and minds of millions of people in the UK. A realization that the need, they need a different, a stronger, an unchanging foundation to build their life upon. You know, church, let's be honest with ourselves. Maybe too much of our personal foundations were built on these things too. Maybe our faith was built on our church involvement as much, if not more, than our personal relationship with Jesus. You know, there is a new term that I've heard um, church leaders using. It's the term ghosting. I don't know whether you've heard of this. Um, this term is basically used to describe members of the churches that they lead who have gone AWOL, radio blackout. For many, their faith has been found wanting when this crisis hit. You know, I'm so proud of this church family because on the whole, we have stuck together. We have encouraged, loved, challenged and supported each other throughout this pandemic. But none of us completely know the full and unbreakable strength of the only foundation worth building on, which is Jesus. So as we look at the vision for Life in Yard, it's at the very heart, our highest priority from which everything else flows is our relationship with Jesus, our discipleship. We need to practice the way of Jesus. We need Jesus and his ways to be the foundation we build our life upon. And as we see, as we'll see in the next few minutes, we need to show the world that Jesus is that foundation that they are so desperately looking for too. However you describe it, you know, whether it is discipleship or apprenticeship or imitating Jesus or maturity or the phrase we often use, which is spiritual formation, it's, an absolutely, it's absolutely the most important aspect of your life, of our life. 
Not just our faith, but our life. Life Vineyard, we need to prioritize spiritual formation. We need to prioritize knowing Jesus more and increasingly practicing his ways every day. You know, this pandemic has shown us, yes, that faith is, faith is corporate. We are meant to be embedded in community. And how deeply did we miss it when it was suddenly taken away? But faith is also personal. A one-to-one relationship with Jesus. We need to be able to stand on the unbreakable, unshakable foundation that is Jesus through our own practices and rhythms. You know, as this old adage goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. We need to drink deeply every day of our life. We need to build daily rhythms of refreshment, of deep, deep drinking. John 7, 37 to 38 says this. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. One of the fruits of the Spirit we see in Galatians is peace. Is peace. You know, what do we need more than anything in an anxiety epidemic that was here long before COVID? than limitless peace that is only found in Jesus. Church, I don't know how to say this anymore, with any more certainty and concern than this. You must make Jesus your foundation. You must make Jesus your foundation. You must. There is no other foundation that will sustain you, fulfill you, give you peace, security, and purpose. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ. We're going to be talking a lot about spiritual formation. We are planning lots of opportunities for you to be spiritually formed and grow in your faith. Opportunities to practice the way of Jesus. Let me finish this first part with the basic rhythms, the practices that are crucial to spiritual formation, and we can find them in Acts 2. So the first thing that is an absolute crucial practice, a rhythm, if we are going to be spiritually formed, is corporate worship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. You know, the most basic weekly rhythm is to practice being part of a Sunday worship service. It is like a weekly refueling. It is going to the well, lowering your bucket, and drinking deeply. It is irreplaceable in our life. It is Jesus' plan for us, our formation for our life. You know, the thought that there are tens of thousands of Christians floating in the ether of our culture disconnected from the church, the body of Christ, is one of the saddest things I have heard. Now, in your diary, on your calendar, on your phone, write in permanent marker, okay, maybe not on your phone, but on paper, write in permanent marker, you know, put it in your phones, church service, make it a non-negotiable. 
of your week. I promise you, in fact, Jesus promises you, you will not regret it. If you have kids, then parents teach them the ways of Jesus so that they may stand on their own two feet. The rhythm of being part of a Sunday church service and the importance of church family as a whole will be imprinted on their life. So that's the first one. Second rhythm, join a life group. Be known and know others. Verse 46 of Acts 2. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now what more can I add other than life groups do just that? They give us life. As we build friendships, love and support each other and encourage each other on in faith, they give us life. Thirdly, serve others and learn to practice generosity. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Fourthly, build daily rhythms with Jesus. Luke 5.16 says this, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If Jesus needed to do that, how much more do we need to do it? You know, maybe start with five or ten minutes. Read the Bible, talk to Jesus, and listen to what Jesus has to say to you. Everything in life, everything in life flows from our relationship with Jesus. These daily, weekly rhythms that enable us to grow in maturity, to be spiritually formed, are infinitely valuable. So we are to practice the way of Jesus. We are to be spiritually formed. There is so much more that we will be saying about this over the coming weeks and months and years. So secondly, we are to practice the way of Jesus together. Together. I mentioned this earlier, but it's just worth saying again. There has been a slow but clear degradation of community. The UK was found a few years ago to be the loneliness capital of Europe. Acts 2 verse 44 says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now this letter to the Hebrews was originally written to Jewish Christians who were being tempted away from Jesus and back into the prevailing culture, beliefs, and values that they had previously built their lives upon before Jesus. You know, it is clear that they had encountered Jesus, that they were following Jesus, that they had been part of a church family, but are now beginning to falter in their faith. And the significant factor in this faltering was how the NIV describe, puts it. They abandoned, they aban- their, sorry, their abandonment of Christian assembly. Their abandonment of the Christian assembly. They were giving up meeting together. Now when national church attendance stats are published, they often use the phrase regular church attender. The problem with this definition is that someone who attends a single service once a month is classed as a regular church attender. In other words, a person would be classed as a regular church attender, possibly even a member of a church, 
if they attended 12 services a year and nothing else. This is fundamentally wrong. And the writer of the Hebrews, if he were here today, would be pleading with us to be utterly countercultural. He would be telling us to never stop meeting together. But more than that, you know, all the, with all the distractions and consumerism that's growing all around us, he would shout, and all the more, and all the more today. You know, that one word in the middle of this vision sentence is an absolute imperative. Together. Together. Life Vineyard, our vision must be to counter the wider culture of consumerism and individualism. We have to reset, resist, sorry, the gravitational pull and distractions all around us. You know, so many things compete for our time and attention. The church is Jesus' plan for your life, for my life. We are designed to be grafted in to Jesus' body, to be part of his family. The church is the plan, warts and all, the perfections and the imperfections. The church is Jesus' plan for your life and where you need to be because the church is not an organization, it is a people it is a family. So just as I invited you to build rhythms around your spiritual formation, I want to invite you to be rooted in community. To be rooted in community. You know, we need each other more than ever. I know that I have been sustained in this season, this really unsettling season, firstly through the foundation that is Jesus. But I have been able to stand firm because I have practiced the way of Jesus together with others who are doing the same here at Life Vineyard Church. You know, the call is to be radically different to the prevailing culture, a culture that has led to lonely and isolated people long before the pandemic. Let's instead be a people who have deep relationship, devoted to fellowship, a people who prefer one another, serve one another, love each other. But sometimes, you know, it's just really, really simple. It's just as simple as showing up. It can make all the difference to people around you. Life Vineyard, let's be a church that is practicing the way of Jesus together. And finally, for the renewal of our city. You know, there is a command that I think is universal to all God's people across all of time. And it's found in Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You know, city is a catch-all phrase um, for wherever we find people. So, you know, you could swap it for region or town or village or street, or workplace, or school. The point is simple. As followers of Jesus, who are practicing the way of Jesus, we are to seek the peace, prosperity, and in some translations, it's called the welfare of wherever we are planted and whoever we are connected to. Revelation 21 verse 5 says this. He who has, was seated on the throne, that's Jesus, said, I am making everything new. 
Now, not only is this command for God's people, we are now joining with Jesus in the renewal of all things. Just let that sink in. We are joining with Jesus in the renewal of all things. Now, if we are to practice the way of Jesus, then that way has to include the renewal of all things, seeking the peace, the prosperity, and welfare of our city. You know, there's so much I could say. You know, I could talk about spiritual freedom and the role of the church of ourselves in seeing people set free from all sorts of things. I could talk about physical healing, you know, healing on the Zoom and, and our, our call to, to be people who bring the healing of Jesus to, to those that are sick. You know, I could talk about issues of justice that is a massive part of the renewal of all things too. Or the restoration of community. But to finish this morning, I want to quickly look at three aspects of the renewal of all things that Jesus has put on my heart for today and for this next season, for this church. Firstly, the alleviation of poverty, especially child poverty. Now, I'm sure I'm not the only one that is deeply shocked and upset that more than one in three children in the northeast of England are living in poverty. Again, just let that sink in. 37% of children live in poverty. And if not challenged and changed, will define their identity, their prospects, potentially even their whole life. This cannot be. This cannot be. You know, I feel a deep conviction, and I hope you do too, that a significant part of our vision and purpose as a church is to lift young people and their families out of poverty. We now have a compassion centre that is two-thirds empty. We have successfully passed on um, the running of the food bank we started during the pandemic to the West End Food Bank, so they are covering the whole city now. And we have a blank canvas to dream of ways to alleviate child poverty. Grass Boots is a stunning project that is already making a massive difference to families and children. You know, just imagine that child that can now go to school or football practice with shoes that fit and that they can be proud of. And of course we have the biker pantry and all the amazing things it does to alleviate and lift people out of poverty in the biker wall. And this is just a start. We need to dream big. We need to blow, our, blow open our kingdom imaginations. We need to dare to believe that we are called to this region for a time such as this, that with Jesus we can bring about the renewal of all things and the alleviation of child poverty. How big is that? How essential is it that as a church we commit ourselves to trying? You know, I'd love to hear if you, want, if you want to be part of reshaping the Compassion Center to this end. No child in this country, let's, no child in the world, should live in poverty. It's the role of Jesus' church to seek the peace, the prosperity, and the welfare of all, the renewal of all things. I do need to come into land, but quickly two other areas, and they're not as long, I promise. We are called by Jesus in renewal too. Secondly, the environment. Now we can't escape the distressing reality that human beings are destroying instead of stewarding the earth. 
You know, this is like the biggest challenge that we face as humanity. Global warming, the destruction of habitats and biodiversity, pollution, the impact it's having on people all over the world. It's just massive. Where on earth do we start? Well, we start on this part of the earth. And we do what we can. We place our drop in the ocean. You know, we did our first beach clean. We got a couple of bags worth of rubbish off the beach in New Biggin. It was a small little drop in what is a massive ocean. But we now have a litter picking, beach cleaning kit that life groups could use whenever they wanted. You know, they could book out that any of you could gather a few people around you and go and do some litter picking or cleaning a different beach. We need to learn to play our part as individuals and as a church in the renewal of our planets. It's one of the greatest challenges we face. And it's the role of the church to lead the way. Finally, if we are to practice the way of Jesus together for the renewal of all things, for the renewal of our city, then our hearts need to burn for the salvation of souls. Romans 10, verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, this is the Apostle Paul's plea to the church. How then can they call on the one that, that the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Unless they are sent. Life Vineyard, we must be a sent people. To practice the way of Jesus is to be a sent person. It is to be a sent people together for the eternal renewal of people's souls. You know, we were leaning into this again um, in this coming kind of weeks and months. We'll be leaning into being a sent people. So look out for Jesus at the door. Um, look out for treasure hunting and giveaways, among other things. Opportunities to grow in confidence together and to learn to be a sent people. You know, Jesus chose to die on the cross so that we could be saved. He died so that we could be saved. But Jesus also died on the cross so that everyone in our region can choose to be saved, can know salvation and the hope of eternity. As we look ahead, we need to develop a desperation for the lost, a courage to be a sent people, a confidence in the gospel and the knowledge of the authority we carry and the kingdom that is at hand. I really do need to finish. Child poverty, our planet, being a sent people. These are just three of the things that Jesus has placed on our hearts, I'm sure, as a family, as a church, about re the renewal of all things. Now, and what does the renewal of all things include? Well, it includes all things. So I don't know what the Lord has placed on your heart. 
You know, maybe it's something different to the three things I shared because they are just three of so many. But I really do believe we're going to enter into a season where God wants to stir up, rise up those passions, those holy discontents about the way the world is and to take our place with Jesus in the renewal of all things and to do it together. So, our one sentence vision that tries to capture all of the dream and all of the things we talk about is this. We are to be a church that is practicing the way of Jesus together for the renewal of our city. We're going to pray, we're going to take communion, and then we're going to worship. So, band, do you want to come and join us? And then I'll just lead us through communion. You know, as we um, think about all that I've shared, it is a strange time. You know, we are coming out of a summer where so many of the restrictions have lifted, but yet it still feels so uncertain. And so as we just take this moment, as we begin to get back into the swing of life, we really do need to commit to the foundation that is Jesus. And I don't know where you have been on the, in the last 18 months in regarding your faith, whether you're, you've gone deeper with Jesus or whether actually your faith has been shaken and you've forgotten some of those rhythms and practices that stood you in good stead. Maybe you have slipped away. Maybe you're watching this and you, you are one of those tens of thousands of people that's kind of drifting in the ether of church. I want this to be a moment where you decide to build your life on Jesus once again, to be rooted in community and to join with him in the renewal of all things. And so hopefully um, at home you have got something you can use for communion. If you've not got it to hand right now, then don't worry. Just take it during worship whenever you feel it's appropriate for you. But if you're in our spaces, either here or at Marley Hill, we gave you these little things, um, which includes some juice and a little wafer in the top, trying to just stay kind of COVID secure where we can. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to take communion, and then we're going to go straight into worship. So Holy Spirit, just come. Just come. Help us to see the fragility of what the world says we should build our lives upon. And help us to have that strong conviction that the only foundation, the only foundation that is worth building our lives upon is you. So Jesus, as we take communion, as we take the bread and drink the juice, we are saying... We want you to be the foundation of our lives. We want to practice your ways every day. We want to help people come to meet you. We want to be in community. We're sorry for the times we've gone our own way. We're sorry for the times we've despaired and drifted. so we're recommitting our lives to you now maybe you're watching for the first time and, and you recognize the fragility of all that I've spoken about that the world offers 
But if this is your first time of taking a communion, then you're so welcome. Because the Christian faith is simple. It's about inviting Jesus into our lives, saying sorry for the stuff we've done, the times we've gone our own way, and choosing to follow him for the rest of our days. So if you take communion with that heart, that's the start of your journey with him. So I'm going to shut up now. We're going to worship and take communion either now or in a moment in worship when you feel it's right. So we worship. <laughs>